Hello and welcome to a very new looking episode of Footlock. We are obviously coming to you from outside of our studio. I'm coming from my own man cave here, Castle Greyskull as I call it. And uh, my Footlock friend is joining me from, well, what looks like a Bentley. Hello. Yes. I should, could I, I should probably explain this fairly early on in the episode, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it might be self-explanatory for anyone watching this anytime soon, but Henry Catchwell, please explain where you are and why you're there. Well, fairly obviously, I am at home because hashtag stay at home and all that because of the uh, coronavirus. And well, just before everything went into lockdown, we were going to be shooting a film on the Bentley Continental. Uh, it was GTC. It's now just convertible V8 because we haven't tried one of those. We haven't tried V8. We haven't tried convertible. So, hey, it seemed, it seemed a good thing to do to book in. Um, and then everything went into lockdown. So we can't film it. But... What it's meant is that I've been left with, so we didn't. I didn't know what colour was turning up. It's a gold convertible Bentley, which nice. in these straightened times, in this sort of you know these um, uh, dark times where people are tightening their belts, etc., um, swanning around in a gold convertible Bentley is. <laughs> I don't know. Not it just. Right <laughs> is it? I might as well fill it up with with Lou Roll, which there is a shortage of here in the UK. In case you're watching elsewhere in the world, and um, just drive around shouting mine or mine. So um, yeah, there we go. Anyway, it's a lovely thing to have have around. Not that I can. It's just a very expensive sort of paperweight, basically, because I can't go anywhere. But at least it gives well, me somewhere nice and quiet to record this in. Anyway, quite um, obviously, we are in the midst of COVID nineteen, and uh, in the UK especially, we're being very much encouraged to stay home, which we are very much doing. It also means that we're kind of stuck with the cars that we've been lent for the foreseeable future. And in Henry's case, that just happens to be a convertible Bentley. How on earth did you manage to secure that <laughs> just in time? It's like you knew or something. <laughs> Uh, oh well um i'm uh still in proud possession of our uh, carfection long-termer the volvo xc60 uh and very handy that's been too um but we will come to the long-termers uh, in a little bit i think at first it's possibly the most important thing to address uh what's going on with the channel and what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks because obviously everyone is in uh, lockdown we're not able to go out and film any new content on location as we're all um staying at home uh, as is responsible to do but that doesn't mean that we won't have a lot of interesting content coming to the channel we well we've had a busy couple of months filming haven't we henry we have yes it's uh been well a very very busy start to the year really the big film i suppose that has um just gone out is defender um which we might as well talk about a bit sort of right over here because lots of people Sorry, I just have... stood on my headphones and they popped out <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying to everyone what a lovely person you are. So, um, oh, no, I was talking about Defender um, <laughs> oh, yes. because uh, it's been obviously a big, big film for us, and we've had lots of lovely messages, both sort of on the channel and sort of um, elsewhere, saying what a cool film it was. Um, props to Charlie who spent a long time because it was a big old film, uh, nearly half an hour in length. Um, but yeah, that's that's gone down very well, and it was it was quite an epic well, adventure in the first place and then um, quite an adventure trying to edit the whole thing together um, into what <laughs> what you eventually saw so yes yeah that's an example of something that was shot pre-lockdown um, of which we have a couple left in the can um, yeah the Defender film is something really special I think it's definitely kind of in like the top five films that the, we've ever put out on the channel um, there's a link in the description below uh, but most of you I'm guessing by now have probably seen it It's it's been uh 
Yeah, Namibia is a hell of a place to film. I've been lucky enough to be there to have gone there twice now to film in the past for BMW and for Toyota. Um, but it looks like you had the kind of the best of it. You saw a huge chunk of the country. Yes, I mean we sort of well in some ways we saw quite a small bit of it, but we did see still a huge chunk of of, of countryside. It was um amazing. I'd never been to Southern Africa before. And it was it was challenging certainly in terms of, of filming because um we of the way we filmed in terms of uh, with obviously in a convoy of um, other vehicles which you saw some of in the film and i think it was a case of we wanted to stop literally every two seconds basically to film another amazing view but we did actually cover a huge amount of ground during the three days so we had to had to just keep going a lot of the time so it meant that charlie and i tended to to get up very early and, and go to bed very late sort of in terms of trying to get extra footage to to tie it all together but um it was just phenomenal and it, it was one of those things i think it got better every day as well which was very strange when we were actually out there filming because you thought well you you would see amazing things one day and then people oh no you wait till tomorrow and you just how can earth can it get better than than today sort of thing so yeah it was it was normal and a proper proper test for the defender as well because that was what i was i suppose sort of not worried about but i didn't want to go all the way to africa and then around doing something that you could have done uh you know at east norcaster where land rover hold their off-road activities which is very tough but what we had in terms of the three days was not just the specific off-road tests like um the van zils pass which i'm sure i've been pronounced wrong wrong i think a couple of people have said i pronounced wrong but um or incorrectly but thank you very much uh <laughs> but the yes the rock crawling the wading the sand all that sort of thing but it was just the sheer mileage we put on the cars and sort of things like the just the corrugations on the the roads basically that would put the car through a huge sort of amount of stress basically in terms of just the vibrations etc and it was yeah a, a proper proper test of the car and the fact that there were no warning lights or sort of um problems with the car whatsoever was was very reassuring because well as we know jlr don't have a great reputation for sort of reliability and the defender has to be ultimately very very reliable um so yeah it was amazing to go there but also really really good and useful and reassuring as a test of the defender yeah, it's it is a fantastic place. We're very grateful that for JLR to have given us the opportunity to a go out there and b to whatever gods of fate it was that allowed it to still happen before um, everything got shut down. So having the opportunity for you guys to go out there and film it and do such a cracking job with it, it was brilliant. And for us to be able to share that with everyone while everyone's locked up at home is massively brilliant um encourage you all to check that out very very soon as i say we do have quite a few films like that left in the can and a few ideas of our own but i think what we really want to know is what would you like to see from us obviously under the restrictions that we all have uh on us now uh we are limited to being able to film in or around our own homes but we do have one of the largest um, archives of self-shot material of any channel out there i think and uh we certainly have a few things that we could put together uh, i want to do a retrospective on the bac mono where there's a film henry you went up to see the new mono 
um, with one of the Briggs brothers a couple of weeks ago. Just uh, was one of the films, um, we'll touch on Lack of Geneva a little bit later, but uh, that was one of the films that you shot off the back of that. Um, and to the untrained eye, it looks fairly similar, but there's actually quite significant changes to that. And I've, that's a story that I've followed for the last eight or nine years, the BIC Mono. So quite like to go back through the archive and do a sum up of that. But we have an opportunity here to do some stuff that we've never done before. So I'm very interested to hear from you. Uh, and please leave it in the comments below or find us on Twitter at Carfection or on Instagram at Carfection Films and give us some suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, discussions you'd like us to have. Um, we might be having some old chestnut conversations like Ideal Garage, Three Car Garage, that kind of thing. Um, some temples of automotive journalism that I'm sure you'll uh, be interested in hearing yet another conversation on. But what we're more interested in is your suggestions for things that we haven't done yet or that you haven't seen anyone else do yet. Um, in addition, we are considering doing more live recordings as well. We're trying to figure out the logistics around that. But would you be interested in joining us for a live conversation with Henry and myself and perhaps one or two other people from the Carfection stable of freelance contributors um, to have a live discussion with you and, and get you more involved in these troubling and uncertain times. Um, Henry, do you have any plans for doing anything particular from home over the next couple of weeks? <laughs> well, I was going to uh, raid my um, my model car collection, perhaps, um, because I've got a few things up in the loft, which I thought I might get down anyway, because I haven't seen them for a while, so they're still up there. Um, and then I was going to perhaps do some suggestions of, of um, my personal favourite uh, motoring-related books to read, things like that. There was another on your dream garage um, idea. I thought I might um, sort of resuscitate the uh, idea I had a while ago, which was the sort of the dream garage, but I called it something like Desert Island Drives, which you you know is, is um, yes taking inspiration from the Radio Four Desert Island Discs program, and it was sort of like the dream garage, but just taking it a little bit further. So we might have a look at that at some point. Um, maybe because it's um, I thought it was quite fun anyway and you know in these times why not uh, I've got some ideas as well for potentially um, I know there are a few films in the back catalogue that there's sort of there might be some onboard footage that um, people have asked to see the sort of extended onboard footage or we might be able to do some um, cool sort of purely sort of you know exhaust note only uh, style videos which um I think it would suit some cars very very well indeed and possibly have a look at some of the road trips we've been on some roads to go to some sort of dreams about what we might be able to do once all this is over uh so yeah, yeah i've got a few thoughts of that but um yes any other films that we've done in the past that you'd like to know behind the scenes of what sort of what went into it perhaps or maybe if you've got questions for charlie in terms of how he shot certain things then uh, we can certainly do some some films on that as well but yes as you say we have still got some really good uh, films that we shot before before the lockdown which is actually uh, this has given us a chance to catch up i suppose and actually get a lot of that stuff edited and gives us the time to do it do it justice which is um quite nice the sort of the advantage of this being a small team and not always having a chance to uh, be on top of all the edits means that we've got got some cool stuff in the bag still to come out 
Yeah, we're basically trying to deputize each and every one of you into being associate producers on Car Affection and, <laughs> and help us come up with some ideas. I know a lot of you are also quite interested in the logistics and actually getting into an industry like this. I think that's something that Henry and I can potentially shed some light on for you as well in, in a few pieces of content where um, you know we've all had different paths that have led us to these jobs that we do now. Uh, and the, uh, I don't mind uh, admitting they are very desirable jobs to have, even in difficult, challenging times like this. So uh, a few pieces on that might be quite nice. Um, in terms of stuff that we've had, um, there's that, some great stuff still coming to the channel that we haven't finished editing yet that, that you will absolutely want to stay subscribed for. And um, obviously, if you're watching this, You've seen it so footlock you are amongst our biggest fans and we absolutely uh, appreciate every last bit of attention that you give to our channel especially during these times uh, and encourage you to stay completely engaged with us everywhere we're trying to do up the facebook page again trying to do more with that and we're as always very engaged on uh, twitter and instagram i gave you those handles already um i really can't wait to share with you the uh, finland film that i shot up a couple of months ago that was a fantastic uh, Fantastic shoot, and it's very close to being done. That's very, very exciting. Um, but we've had a lot of really, really great stuff on the channel just recently. We've, we've been talking about the Defender film, but uh, one of the most recent films that we got up on the channel was another absolute gem. was on the um, M3 CSL with the manual conversion. Henry, tell us a bit more about that. Yes. Uh, so this was a... A uh, car that a chap called David Chapman got in touch uh, with me, in fact, through I can't remember, Twitter or Instagram, um, saying, would you like to drive it? And the M3 CSL, well, when we did our Greatest M3s series, um, it brought home again just how almost perfect the E46 M3 CSL is. But that SMG automated manual isn't just it, it is just frustrating i think and so they have converted it to a manual gearbox which is um well as you watch the film you'll see how easy or otherwise it is but they've also done something else which is very interesting because it's not just the manual conversion they've also um shortened the the final drive on it um so that really brings the car even more alive just gives you more access to uh, the sort of the the way the engine revs and that that top end um when you're on the road so it is it's just fantastic i think um it's but, quite um, it's quite interesting because yeah. it opens up a bigger conversation around bmw and m in particular in how you kind of consider that to be the most considerate of the enthusiast driver like the mo it's not a car just bought for someone who's just interested in the badge they're really focusing in on someone who really loves the driving experience of a bmw and then only to have ever delivered it with that SMG uh, and not with a, a manual gearbox. It's, there's a lot of discussion that was going on. Uh, we did it as a live premiere, so we were live chatting to people coming through. Um, and there's almost, from a couple of people, some incredulity that it wasn't available as a manual in the first place. And kind of secondly, that the that this might actually have been what they should have only had. Uh, so it is an interesting conversation that comes out of that, whether or not BMW and and their, uh, their peers make mistakes in terms of what they think people will actually need. And that can always just be from a purchasing point of view, especially when you're talking with the cars focused in on driving experience as the CSL. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because BMW, obviously, they then did the E90, um, sorry, um, did E90 M3, but E60 uh, M5, which wasn't available initially with a manual gearbox. They then did a manual gearbox uh, for the American market only. And... It's a sort of strange time, I suppose, because 
Uh, I think at the time of the SMG or SMG2 as it was in the CSL, there was a feeling that yes, this is the way forward. All cars were going to be um, you know, paddle shift. It was demonstrably better in all the um, sort of measurable ways. And so a lot of engineers were thinking, no, this is it. This is we're going to you know, get rid of um, the manual gearbox in the way that subsequently pretty much across the board they've got rid of um, hydraulically assisted power steering um, but there was such a kickback we obviously saw it with Porsche as well they tried to get rid of it in their GT3 then they brought it back hence us doing the you know, manuals matter film and all that sort of thing and it is one of these things that I think the manual gearbox just won't go away it is such an integral part of um, the car and it's nice that BMW does still offer manuals on most of its its cars these days uh, as well sort of obviously things like the M2 uh competition you can you can get with uh, a manual gearbox and stuff so yeah it, it feels like the manual you know has fought pretty hard for its existence and and has survived really it's it's rare but it has survived aston's another one they've obviously done a manual version of the vantage yeah i mean it's it is that kind of swing there and back between do they or don't they and you know with porsche when they develop something as good as the pdk gearbox which is demonstrably better at everything a human being can do you can understand engineers for going well better is better whereas as consumers were like no better isn't better it's a confusing message to send back to manufacturers but you know this this film it, it definitely is a great kickoff point for that conversation definitely encourage you to watch it there's a link in the description below um but I uh, quickly wanted to touch on another two films that came to the channel fairly recently, which were um, two of the batch that you guys shot over in uh, the US last year when you went on that uh, road trip through California. Uh, in particular, one Dodge and one Porsche as reimagined by Singer. I have to be very careful on how I refer to that brand. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, let's talk about the Porsche reimagined by Singer uh, first. That was um, a film yeah, we wanted to get out uh, for ages. It was shot in, in just in, in one day um, and it looks lovely because you've got that lovely golden California light and the car was one of those ones I was, I was really intrigued to drive it because I've heard so much good stuff about um, the cars and I wanted to know was it sort of just could it be as good as all the, as all the hype really um, and it was absolutely fantastic the one we had had the latest 4 litre engine which I thought probably was almost I know they've been tweaking with um, the sort of the mapping of it and in a way I, I felt like it could probably do with an even more sort of just it was almost too smooth too linear they'd almost gone too far I suppose a bit like what we were saying before with kind of sort of um, PDK versus manual, you can you can over-engineer something almost so that the um, it's you know better by the numbers, um, but not perhaps it perhaps it loses some of the um, ultimate character. Is I'm nitpicking, but um, the rest of the car it was just it was absolutely brilliant, and I love the fact that and you see this actually in the people that own um, one of their cars, they do tend to use them. There, there are lots of pictures you follow on Instagram and stuff. People are out there; they're using them a lot. They're, you know, perhaps not daily driving them, although I think some people probably do. And you can see that straight away. You know, the ride is really nice and compliant. It's got the lovely thing of breathing with the road, and it doesn't feel like a classic 
in terms of this sort of fragility and the fact you wouldn't want to go on a long journey in it or something like that. Um, and it's that's that was something that really impressed me, which is why when I sort of got to the end of the film, which you'll see the conclusion, etc., you're sort of trying to think of this one car garage and something that covers all bases. Um, it sort of it potentially is that car. Um, I'm not saying it's sort of yes, you can choose all sorts of other things. Almost in a way, I'm not sure. Perhaps it would be if you could only choose three cars. Perhaps it wouldn't be one of those three cars. Uh, that sounds odd. You're good. But um, well, perhaps because you might have something, you might have another 911 that's even rawer or something like that. So maybe the I don't know Workshop 5001 car or something like that that was would, you, know, you wouldn't use every day at all, but had you know sort of it has no air con and um, you know the gearbox takes a bit more getting used to and all these sorts of things. Perhaps you'd have that as part of a three car garage where you then had an RS6 as your everyday car or something like that. But if you only have one. Um, then I think the 911 reimagined by Singer is is the kind of complete package. Really, it's, it's it is absolutely amazing. Okay, so from one very delicately crafted automotive piece of art to something a little less subtle, uh, you went and drove a Dodge. Yes, which I didn't know what to expect from that at all. Um, I mean, I never like to prejudge cars anyway, and I. I loved it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, the engine is, it sounds like a banshee. It sounds like a sort of, well, I suppose, an aerial atom, one of the supercharged aerial atoms, but on steroids. And the nice thing is that it doesn't, I mean, it has 800 brake horsepower, so that's plenty. And it just marmalizes its rear tyres in an instant. So that's fun in itself. But it doesn't try to be... Um, something like the GT350 uh, Mustang, which feels like it's really trying to take on uh, a 911 GT3 or something like that. It's you know really um, tight and focused and wants to be a track car. This it feels like a big big armchair of a car. You know, it's kind of almost got some of the sort of Bentley about it, um, but just with this ludicrous engine in it and. Um, and that was really nice because it was quite old school in the way that it it rolls and sort of um, pitches and squats and but then it was also still really controllable as well. So yeah, loved it. Really, really loved it. I could definitely see a place for one of those in a garage because again, it's totally, totally different. It it strikes me as one of the most American cars you can get. Just huge mm. power, but then yeah, we still want it to be comfortable and soft as well. Like there's <laughs> it, there's there's no compromise from that point of view. It's just all of everything now i must say i'm not i've never been a huge fan of a supercharger wine the in the supercharged aerial atom is the only exception because it feels like it suits that car but the supercharger always feels like it's a completely alien sound inside of a car engine so compared to like what like a v8 sounds like compared to a supercharger wine those things feel like they live in different universes and throwing them both together kind of does my head in. I, I did in an atom it did feel right because um, it, it sounds like someone in the passenger seat is screaming. If, if one drives by you yeah. with, with it on full <laughs> whack, it sounds like there's a terrified passenger, and I always love that about it. But um, you can definitely... Yes, of course, with, with Atoms now, of course, you kind of they've always done this sort of almost over-the-top soundtrack, haven't they? Because you had the supercharged group, and now you've got, in the latest turbocharged version, you've got a proper um, sort of um, chuff and, and whistle. And sh- 
sort of from the the um, turbocharger in it, which is um, uh, is brilliant as well. Yeah, and well, have a listen to it in the video. You can very much hear the supercharger. Let us know what you think of supercharger noises. Um, the one thing that we can all agree with is that you can hear it. Uh, it is very <laughs> very audible. Um, now, one of the consequences of the craziness that is 2020 is that all car shows have been cancelled. Um, for the rest, we had a nice couple of weeks notice, except for Geneva, where we had the sum total of three days notice that the show was getting cancelled. So much so that, in fact, Henry and Charlie were already on their way down there um, and did end up going. The benefit of which is that we do have a few films that no one else was able to get or very few people were able to get from the show. In particular, the most noteworthy is the new 911 Turbo S, which was meant to make its debut at the Geneva Auto Show. But uh, you guys were able to go and actually see it at Porsche itself. Yes. So we sort of managed to divert via Stuttgart and um, said, could we come and see the car and do a film on it? And they said yes, which is all very good. So we uh arranged Stuttgart for a morning went to the Porsche Museum because that's always quite a fun thing to go and do so we had a, a wander around there and then went across to Weissach and went in fact into the design studio so it's which is kind of cool in itself because it's the place where all the new product goes into first it's where the board members come down and sort of give it the, the old thumbs up or thumbs down um it's a really cool place as well charlie got quite excited about it a because they had some massive screens which he was um really sort of lushing over and then they've also got this roof which is like a big sort of soft box in a way in terms of they can mimic different kinds of light around the world so it could be completely dark or you could have uh indoor studio lighting or you could make it like uh, that lovely california light from uh the singer film that we did um and then the car itself uh yeah it kind of looks what you'd expect a 911 turbo to look like there weren't actually big surprises i suppose which is um probably a good and a bad thing i suppose in terms of um how much you want things to to move on um it's the interesting thing is it's this new engine so they're they're making this engine work pretty hard because it's the engine based off the 992 uh three liter turbocharged engine but it's now 3.8 uh, liters but that's also the engine that is the basis for the gts engine um and the obviously spider and gt4 engine which is up to four liters and naturally aspirated so they're they are getting their money's worth uh from that and um yeah it's it's all the sort of figures you'd expect i think the thing i like about the turbo or turbo s um in this case is that it is still pretty understated you know a lot of people would walk past it and still you know yes it's got a small rear wing on the back but um most people will probably look walk past it and think well it's just another 911 it's not got that supercar look to it like a um, you know mclaren or a ferrari um or even a gt2 rs um for that matter so it does sort of go unnoticed but it has this otherworldly performance um to all the previous ones have we haven't driven this one yet um which means that it's almost i've described it in the past as being like the safest car in the world in a way because you've got so much performance you know the the braking is is way better than you should ever need on the road uh the acceleration if you're ever going to you know go for a gap or go for an overtake or whatever is, is way more than you um ever need so you've got this sort of superhero of a car um in its clark kent guise really 
It's a very interesting walk around whether or not it's, I mean, yeah, we've seen the generation of 9-11 it's based on for a while. So yeah, as you say, it's not a huge surprise looks wise, but it's just nice to see that the turbo lives on. Um, even in these confusing times of everything being turbocharged pretty much in Porsche, so the turbo itself doesn't mean as much as it used to. That aside, it's a very interesting film and is added to the raft of films that we, which are our non-Geneva Geneva films, which also include uh, my walk around of the Morgan Plus 4, now spelt F-O-U-R instead of the number 4, that being the biggest difference to the visuals, but underneath <laughs> it's a completely new car, uh, I do guarantee. Uh, Henry and Charlie, you were able to go and see the new uh, version of the Chiron, the Pure Sport, I believe that's called. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. In Molsheim. Uh, also very much worth checking out. Just checking my notes. We also had the uh, previews in studios. We were able to shoot the Aston Martin V12 Speedster, the Bentley Bacalar, the McLaren 765 LT. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a brain freeze on the numbers there. I looked over and I hadn't written it down as well, so I was still going to have to retrieve it from memory. 765 LT. I, I love McLaren. I really don't like their naming convention. Well, they're based on PS, which I find annoying, but then also it's fairly random numbers. Like they're not nice round numbers. Anyhow, um, they are all worth checking out. And they are the last time we're going to see uh, new cars unveiled like that for a wee while they will come back eventually um but uh, suffice to say that those are uh, the substitute that you have for us not having attended the geneva motor show and there's a a further update to all the cars that got unveiled that we weren't able to see but still so you have all that information in one tightly compressed place there is a link in the description below if you're watching this on youtube if you're listening to this on the podcast hello message me on twitter and i'll send you a personalized link um Yes, so we're going to keep Footlock going as a podcast and as a video up on YouTube, but we're going to streamline it, make it a little bit shorter, more bite-sized for you to enjoy. Uh, as we said earlier in the episode, please give us any suggestions for topics you'd like us to tackle in the show. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, get in touch with us on Twitter. Let us know you're listening on the podcast. We're trying to figure out how to make this most useful for everyone just listening on audio. Um, obviously, these are challenging times and we are going to get through it all together. We're going to make some fantastic content and see this out. But in the meantime, the most important thing, obviously, is that you and your loved ones all keep safe during these difficult times and we will as well so by the time we get out of this we can have a big celebration and the mother of all road trips henry does that sound like a good idea to you that sounds like an excellent idea to me fantastic well for now it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me and we'll see you next time <laughs>